Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Live fans, we have yet to see Kyrie Irving take the court for the Brooklyn Nets this season. And chances are that we have probably seen the last of Kyrie Irving in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. I don't believe that he will play the entire season. We know his stance when it comes to the jab. In the People's Republic of New York, there is a vaccine mandate. He is not allowed to actually go into Barclays Center to play unless he gets the jab. The NBA does not have a jab mandate in place, but since he plays for the Nets in New York, he must get the jab. And on top of that, the Brooklyn Nets have banned him from playing in any game until he gets the jab. I don't like that. I don't like mandates whatsoever. This should be a decision for Kyrie Irving to make for himself. But however, guys, Kyrie Irving does have a supporter. Now, the supporter I'm talking about is former NBA great John Stockton of the Utah Jazz. Hard to believe, man. It's almost been 20 years since John Stockton uh, played in the NBA, he's one of the last few great pure 
point guards. I mean, he was tremendous, guys. If you young guys have not seen John Stockton play, uh, pull him up on YouTube. He was incredible, absolutely incredible. And I believe that he's actually the all time leader in assists in NBA history. Let's go over here to Outkick and jump into this. John Stockton expresses support for Kyrie Irving over vaccination stance. Nets unvaccinated guard Kyrie Irving has a bit supporter in the form of NBA Hall of Famer John Stockton in an appearance on the DNP CD sports podcast. Stockton said he was proud of Irving for sticking up for his beliefs. And as soon as I get this ad out of here, he says, quote, you have a lot of supporters, Kyrie. Stockton said not all of them can get to you and you can't get to all of them. But there's every bit a majority out there that's sitting there pulling for you They're They're just not quite as bold as he is. I'm proud of him as an individual to take that kind of individual risk and be that bold for what you feel is right. Irvin, 29, has yet to play this season. New York's uh, vaccine mandate prohibits unvaccinated people from taking part in large indoor gatherings such as NBA games. That makes Irvin ineligible to play in the team's 41 home games at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Irvin, however, is eligible to play in most cities on the road, but Nets owner Joe Tsai remains steadfast he won't play unless something changes. Back in October, Tsai told ESPN that he wasn't sure if Irvin would play for the Nets again. So there you have it, guys. NBA great John Stockton supporting Kyrie Irving. I like this. Man, I miss the 90s basketball. I really, really do. 90s basketball was the best. It really, really was. John Stockton, all-time great point guard, went to two NBA finals. Unfortunately, he ran into Jordan's Bulls and did not win a title. And it's unfortunate, man, because John Stockton definitely deserved to win an NBA title. But here you have it, guys, a former all-time great player supporting Kyrie Irving when his own team will not support him. And I'm wondering, guys, let's say if Kyrie Irving got traded right now. Do you actually think that a team would actually trade for him? I mean, these NBA teams, they definitely seem to want to implement a vaccine mandate. But I believe that Kyrie Irving at this point probably just probably won't actually get traded. We've actually seen the last of Kyrie Irving this whole entire season. And if the mandates stay in place, you know, going into Late into 2022, 2023, Irving could actually be out even longer. It wouldn't really surprise me. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of John Stockton coming out and supporting Kyrie Irving? Now, I don't know exactly uh, John Stockton's stance on the jab. Maybe he's pro vaccine, but not pro mandate. Maybe that's just the way it is. You know, a lot of people out there, they support the jab. But however, they do not support mandates. And that's the way I feel. I'm not against the jab. I don't like the government telling you that you must get a jab if you don't want it. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white live fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Live. And we'll catch you next time.
Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Live. Well, the other day, a report come out about Urban Meyer and his assistant coaches and wide receiver Marvin Jones. And things just continue to look bad to worse for Urban Meyer. You're starting to wonder why in the hell is the owner not fired his ass at this point. Uh, they, I believe they're 2-10. and 10. In fact, they are 2-10. and 10. I can tell you right now they're on red zone right on my TV as we speak. It is 10 to nothing. Tennessee Titans in this game. Now, very quickly, we'll talk about the first report, but then we got a denial. We got a denial from Jay Glazer involving Urban Meyer, and we'll take a look at this coaching staff as well. Urban Meyer's first season is not going well. True, both on and off the field, Meyer, Meyer's Jaguars are 2-10. and 10. Subject of an embarrassing incident earlier this year, caught on video, dancing intimately with a woman who was not his wife. And apparently it has not gotten better recently. Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, Myers had two ugly incidents at the team facility within the last two weeks. One incident involved a heated argument between Meyer and veteran receiver Marvin Jones, who was so angry with Meyer that he just left the team facility and had to be convinced to return by other staff members. Another incident featured a staff member that had Meyer ripping into his assistant coaches, calling them losers and asking them to explain what they've ever won. Wow. The report also cast doubt on Meyer's claim that he wasn't behind the benching of running back James Robinson, essentially their best player. We still don't know what Trevor Lawrence is exactly. And that Meyer delegates the running back rotation to his staff. According to the report, it was actually Meyer who ordered Robinson's benching after a fumble. Robinson later went back into the game because quarterback Trevor Lawrence questioned Meyer on the sideline about why the team's leading rusher wasn't playing. Okay, well, let's get to this because this came out today from Jay Glazer. Urban Meyer denies calling assistant coaches losers, but admits he's hard on them. The Jaguars had no comment about Saturday's scathing report from NFL media regarding multiple Urban Meyer interactions with player and staffs. Meyer himself addressed the situation in conversation with Jay Glazer of Fox. As to the report that Meyer got into a heated argument with receiver Marvin Jones that prompted Jones to leave the facility until other members of the staff persuaded him to return, Meyer issued a general denial. Others, and this is important, uh, this is Florio, others have confirmed the situation. We've heard from a source with knowledge of the situation that it did indeed happen. Okay, so uh, pro football talk is saying Meyer is full of shit, and the incident with Marvin Jones absolutely did happen, even though he's denying it. As to the report that Meyer called his assistant coaches, quote, losers. Glazer said on the air, Meyer admitted to being demanding of his staff, telling Glazer that, quote, I'm hard on my coaches, and I get after them. Glazer explained to PFT that Meyer did not admit to calling the assistant coaches, quote, losers. 
Glaze, and by the way, Meyer would not address the running back situation and James Robinson. Meyer also still thinks he has full support of ownership. Maybe it does. Uh, ownership can be fickle and fleeting when it comes to full support. In many cities, coaches have full support until the precise moment they don't. Well, let's just take a look at, at this because I'll give Urban credit. He assembled a strong staff. But if I'm Mr. Kahn, the owner of this team, I look at this strong staff he's got assembled, and I probably run Urban Meyer out of town right now. I was very supportive of Urban earlier in the season, but it's been one bad thing after another. His assistant head coach is Charlie Strong. We all know who Charlie Strong is, but look, he's got a really long-time offensive coordinator who has served as an interim head coach in the past in Daryl Bevel. I know he's been with the Seahawks. He's been with the Lions. And he's also got passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. Now, that's that's Marty Schottenheimer's kid. He spent three seasons with the Seahawks as an offensive coordinator. He's got 24 years of experience. So, if I am the Jaguars, I'm going to look at Brian Schottenheimer or I'm going to look at Daryl Bevel and think, well, these two guys are more than capable of coaching this team the rest of the year if we decide we want to get rid of Urban Meyer. I mean, what do you do at this point? Urban Meyer's turned into a complete embarrassment. And a lot of people are speculating, when is the next BS health issue going to pop up in which he's got to conveniently walk away? I got to think Urban is pretty mad because every coaching job that was available in college, he would have been a contender for. And he would probably like to have had one of those high-profile college jobs. It's clear Urban does not know what he's doing in the NFL. Crazy, crazy. Uh, finding out that Urban Meyer, uh, his coaching limits were, in fact, in college. That's it. He does not look like a professional football coach. Tell me what you think, Black and White Live fans. I mean, Urban Meyer comes out and says this didn't happen. PFT back channels it. Says, no, it did happen. Peace, I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. I'm back. Rodriance for the Black and White Network. Wow. This is crazy, but not surprising, considering what happened this la in the last week involving CNN's Chris Cuomo. And, of course, we're going to be talking about his no-good, repugnant-ass brother, Andrew, and some of the shit shenanigans he did in New York involving the coronavirus, the Wuhan virus, and those nursing home patients. Now, Chris Cuomo shows you exactly how shady he is talking about one of the nicest people, I believe, in all of media, if you want to know the truth, in Fox News' Janice Dean. That's the blonde-haired weather lady that is on uh, Fox News, but she's been a very vocal criticizer of Andrew Cuomo because she lost both of her parents in that whole nursing home fiasco. That cost so many, so many lives. Well, Chris Cuomo shows exactly how much of a repugnant ass bastard he was behind the scenes when talking about her because he did go after her. 
Very quickly, I'm wearing our, the media is the real virus. Well, Chris Cuomo, you are the real virus. Uh, one of the exact reasons we come up with this shirt, you can grab it right now, 20% off. Use promo code HOLIDAY. Still our number one best-selling piece of merch. Let's get to this. This is crazy. Post-millennial. Chris Cuomo worked to discredit Fox News, quote, weather bitch. Janice Dean over criticism of his brother report. This is crazy. That, of course, is Janice right there. Uh, that is uh, Twiddle D and Twiddle Dumb right there in that picture. Close allies of former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, including the ousted governor's top aide and fired CNN anchor, Chris Cuomo plotted to discredit. Fox News meteorologist Janice Dean after she became an outspoken critic of the older Cuomo's handling of the Wuhan virus pandemic, according to reports. Chris Cuomo allegedly schemed to ruin Dean's reputation, reportedly calling the TV host, quote, that Fox weather bitch in text after she criticized Cuomo for transferring the Wuhan patients to nursing homes. The New York Post reported, according to a New York Post source, the individual said Chris Cuomo, defensive of his brother, asked in a text to an Andrew Cuomo staffer how he could go after this, quote, Fox weather bitch. Any help painting her as a far right crazy. <laughs> she loses her parents and he believes she needs attack attacks on her character because she's upset by it. She should be upset. She should be furious, and she has been furious. Melissa DeRoso, who had served as a secretary to the government, was among the Andrew Cuomo aides who tried to craft a smear campaign against the Fox News personality. Sources familiar with the matter told CNBC. It, it still isn't clear whether the plan was executed or not. Andrew Cuomo himself was present during some of the strategy meetings where Dean was mentioned, according to CNBC. Dean's intense criticism of Cuomo stemmed from the 2020 deaths of her in-laws who died of COVID-19 in elderly care facilities. Dean blasted the Democratic state leader in a USA Today op-ed published in July 2020, quote, the fact that this governor refuses to accept responsibility for his actions makes our grief and anger far worse, Dean wrote as an opinion contributor last summer. Quote, I know I speak for many when I say we need nonpartisan investigation on both the state and federal level so that this never happens again. Taking aim at Cuomo's handling of nursing home patients, Dean told CNBC in a statement, as I have said from day one, this was never about politics. I watched firsthand how the governor's office treated grieving families trying to get answers about the March 25, 2020 executive order to admit over 9,000 COVID-positive patients in the nursing homes. God, that's nuts. Instead of addressing our concerns or expressing condolences, Cuomo's spokesperson, Rich Azopardi, called us a death cult and told my sister-in-law to, quote, get a life not long after both of her parents died. Earlier in the year, Andrew Cuomo's spokesperson, 
dismissed Dean's attacks on the then-governor in a statement to a U.K. newspaper, the Daily Mail. Quote, last I checked, she's not a credible source on anything except maybe weather. What seems to me like she's got first-hand experience on talking about exactly what she's going after him for. He then denied to CNBC that the strategy sessions were focused on Dean. Quote, we had no strategy sessions about Dean to the extent that the press office had to respond to say she said something. It was handled by the press office and did not rise to the level of something the government would engage with. Also, party told CNBC Friday in an email, but later clarified in a follow-up text. I have no knowledge of this ever happening, and you must ask, why then did the Attorney General not put anything about it in her report or ask any relevant people about it? He stated late Friday after the story was published, both the Cuomo brothers have lost their prestigious positions this year. Andrew Cuomo, the elder Cuomo, resigned as governor of New York due to allegations of harassment and still may face civil and criminal legal action. Cuomo, Chris, was fired from his position effective immediately at the mainstream media giant CNN after he was found to have violated the left wing's network's journalistic standards. What journalistic standards, really? By using his influential position to help his brother. Wow. I'm not sure there's anybody involved in the media that, in my opinion, comes across as more sincere than Janice Dean. She's a meteorologist on Fox and Friends in the morning during the week. They have sat down and talked to her multiple times on that show about Andrew Cuomo, what happened with her in-laws, and she, you can tell she's very open, honest, and sincere. She's also very angry, and she should be. All She's carrying anger, not only for her in-laws, but on behalf of so many people that lost their loved ones due to Andrew Cuomo's uh, blatant neglect involving the Wuhan virus and those nursing home patients. You fed all of those old people carrying the Wuhan virus into nursing homes, and so many died. It's awful. It's awful, and it's terrible, and this is what you're finding out in the media. All these underhanded, behind-the-scenes tactics, trying to cover his brother, Chris Cuomo's trying to cover Andrew, all these things he did, his abuse of power, it's repugnant, and because your brother got caught up in something, you're just, you decided you're going to try to smear somebody that went through something very terrible. It's awful. It's absolutely terrible. This shouldn't surprise us, though. I mean, look, he just lost his job over something related to his brother that he was trying to do, and now this new thing has emerged involving somebody that a lot of people watch on a weekly basis. Fox and Friends has massive ratings every morning. Tell me what you think, black and white network fans. Cuomo, both of them, the Cuomo twins. In fact, y'all remember this? Let's let's see that. Let's see this. You remember these two stooges right here holding the cotton swabs? And Cuomo, his brother, was laughing about it. You know, I mean, literally carrying on laughing. There, there it is right there. Look at him laughing. No good, sorry, rat bastard. Yeah, 
I'm glad he doesn't have a job. Tell me what you think, Black and White Network fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Network. Well, we got breaking news. And it seems Chris Wallace is leaving Fox News. I'm sure many of you are going to be like, about time, about time, especially after that repugnant two-on-one debate we had prior to the election where Chris Wallace and Joe Biden ganged up on President Trump. Many of us sitting back going, what in the hell is going on? Except many of us also knew that Chris Wallace was a registered Democrat. So we were like, got it. Okay, well, he's leaving. Got to make you wonder, is he eyeing Chris uh, Chris Cuomo's spot over at CNN in primetime? See, Chris Wallace announces departure for Fox News. It's been a great ride. Only for you. Fox News Sunday anchor Chris Wallace announced his resignation from Fox News after 18 years on Sunday and teased a, quote, new adventure. After 18 years, this is my final Fox News Sunday. Wallace said on his final out airing on Sunday, it is the last time. I say this with real sadness. We will meet like this. 18 years ago, the bosses at Fox promised me they would never interfere with a guess I booked or question I asked. It seems to me like they might ought to got involved a little more. And they kept that promise. I have been free to report to the best of my ability to cover stories I think are important to hold our country leaders to account. It's been a great ride. We've covered five presidential elections, interviewed every president since George H.W. Bush, traveled the world sitting down with Francis Emmanuel Macron and Russia's Vladimir Putin, he added, and I've gotten to spend Sunday mornings with you. It may sound corny, but I we've built this community here. There's a lot you can do on Sundays. The fact that you've chosen to spend this hour with us is something I cherish But after 18 years, I've decided to leave Fox. I want to try something new, go beyond politics to all things I'm interested in. I'm ready for a new adventure, and I hope you'll check it out. And so, for the last time, dear friends, that's it for today. Have a great week. I hope you keep watching Fox News Sunday. Fox News Media bid farewell to the departing anchor with a note that his Sunday seat will be filled by network's leading journalists on a rotating basis until deciding on a new permanent host, I guess in much the way that Fox Primetime is right now. We're extremely proud of our journalism, the stellar team that Chris Wallace was part of for 18 years. The legacy of Fox News Sunday will continue with our star journalists, many of whom will rotate the position until a permanent name is hired. Several of Wallace's colleagues applauded his long career, And wished him well. Howard Kurtz, Chris Wallace, just announced this is his last Fox News Sunday. Wants to try other things after 18 years. He has been a stellar journalist, a supreme colleague, a real loss for us. Guy Benson, Wallace gets a ovation as he enters the newsroom after the show. This was a very well-kept secret. A big seat to fill after 18 years. As tough an interviewer as there is in the business. Bill Muglin, Chris Wallace is an incredible talent who I've watched since I was in college. Ace interviewer, bummed to see him go, but wishing him all the best. Won't be the same not seeing him on Sunday. 
Okay. So, but for many of us, we're probably applauding right now. And um, may I suggest some guys like Will Kane or Pete Hestis? Um Somebody like that. You know, let them rise to the top. Brian Kilmeade, let him go do it. Somebody that we know better aligns with the values that we think that Fox News should have. Many of us have quit watching. I only pick and choose the, the uh, people I am willing to watch. People like Tucker, like Gutfeld, like Will Kane, um, which I was already familiar with from the ESPN days. Uh, he was one of the very, very few conservatives willing to get out there on ESPN and not back down off his principles. It's time some of those guys get the next step and go into something like taking over this prestigious position because, frankly, I didn't watch Fox News Sunday because I didn't like this SOB, um, if I'm just being honest. And especially after how he treated Trump in the debate, I certainly wasn't going to entertain anything he did. It does make you wonder, though. There's some prime spots available over at CNN, and he, he said he wasn't doing politics. Well, that Chris Cuomo show handles a lot of different things. You've got to wonder, they needed a big name. Is this going to be the, the big name? Not going to bring viewers over from Fox, I don't believe. But at least, I, I guess, as at least in back in the day, this guy might have been a reputable journalist, but who knows? I mean, 18 years ago, things were so much different in the media. You would watch, you know, journalists actually broke real stories, actually did real investigations. Now they're just covering somebody's ass on the left continuously. That's the breaking news. Chris Wallace gone from Fox News. Whew. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. I'm back. Rodriguez for the Black and White Network. Well, sometimes we have to bring you the repugnant, the offensive, things that you just can't believe when you're listening to it that you actually are hearing. Things that just make you throw up your hands, make you wonder, wow, how poisonous is our society getting right now? And I believe, much like the media is the real virus, you also have other uh, vessels that are passing on various little uh, tangents of poison, especially onto our youth. And it's one reason I think you're seeing a lot of youth out in the streets, burning the streets down. It's the influence of lunatics like the one we're going to talk about today. Uh, I'm not sure you can get much more blatantly racist than this. And um, not only blatantly racist, but pretty unapologetic about it, pretty open about it. And uh, we know in this today's society, if you are a leftist, and you're trying to segregate this country by race, you get rewarded for that. Well, that's what this is about because this person is getting rewarded, at least on an interim basis, for being a blatant racist. There's no other way to put it. This is from the Federalist. I also heard it through Fox News, and I just couldn't believe it. But I don't know why it should surprise me at this point anything. Professor who says blacks and whites cannot be friends promoted to dean at Emerson College. Wow. 
Professor Kim McLaren has a history of writing racially divisive essays. She was nominated to be the next interim dean of graduate and professional studies at Boston's Emerson College. Emerson College, a liberal arts college in Boston, has nominated creative writing professor Kim McLaren to be the next interim dean of graduate and professional studies. McLaren is a racial segregationist who doesn't believe that whites and blacks can be friends and divorced her husband because of his race. Now, in case you're wondering, this is Kim McLaren right here. Okay, so just so you'll have a frame of reference of who we're talking about, William Gilligan, Emerson College interim president, announced McLaren's acceptance of the position last month. McLaren will begin her new role January 1, 2022. Can you imagine that we are in a place where you are literally rewarded for blatant and open racism? That is what is now happening. If you've got a child, I would heavily start pushing them towards trade courses, trade uh, different trade things to be able to learn a li- uh, earn a living. Uh, there's a lot of different trades out there, but these liberal universities are going to poison your children. McLaren is known for her racially divisive anti-white rhetoric. In 2019, she wrote an article for the Washington Post entitled, Can Black and White Women Be True Friends? She writes that black women and white women will never be able to, quote, have true friendships. Generally speaking, it's not that I dislike white women. Generally speaking, it's that I do not trust them. Generally speaking, most black women don't, she observes. McLaren claims that many black women have decided to cut ties with white people due to their racial differences. Imagine cutting ties over the color of skin. This is, in fact, the definition of racism. White women are just, quote, too much trouble to be around, they told her. Um, What does that mean exactly? Some specifics would be great. In her separate article, the New York Times, McLaren shows her anti-white hate is not limited solely to white women. She states she will not date any man who is white. This piece was published in, in September of 2006, just after McLaren divorced her ex-husband, who is white. She admits that her ex-husband's race played a significant role in her decision to end the relationship. Wow. Okay. Less than a month before her nomination, McLaren wrote an article for The Sun magazine entitled On White Violence, Black Survival, and Learning to Shoot. Okay, so we're, now we're, we're blatantly calling for violence. If a civil war breaks out, this is her quote, I say if violent white mobs begin roaming the country, as they have done in the past, I will not worry about precision shooting. I intend to sit on my porch with my legally acquired handgun and as much ammunition as I have and perhaps a bottle of scotch and take them as they come. I say as much to my husband. My husband, understandably, is shocked. He's not sure he believes me. I'm pretty sure he should. Wow. That's crazy. In an article he, she wrote in the last days of Barack Obama's presidency, she claimed that the black-white buddy films, the best friend, 
best black friend in sitcoms and the most most Morgan Freeman movies are tools for white America to remain at the center of black consciousness. Let's get to her double standard. McLaren's nomination came only a few weeks after Emerson College suspended Turning Point USA from campus. The right of center student club, where I serve as a chapter president, was accused of bias-related behavior for criticizing the Chinese Communist Party. Wow. The organization has been handing out stickers that said China kind of sus in reference to the Chinese government. The stickers depicted a character from the game, quote, Among Us, and the symbol of the Chinese Communist Party, which should make it obvious it was referring to no one other than authoritarian government of China. Gilligan released a public statement calling for the stickers anti-Asian bigotry and announcing that Emerson College would investigate Turning Point USA. The investigation concluded that the stickers did not target anyone other than the Chinese government, but that handing them out had a discriminatory effect given the persuasive environment of anti-Asian discrimination that has developed over the past several years. Many students are now calling out Gilligan's hypocrisy for weaponizing racism when it comes to targeting students, but turning a blind eye to McLaren's racially divisive rhetoric. Okay, so now we have a, a point where somebody decided to call out China Oh, but that's considered racist against Asians. But we're not only going to ignore McLaren's uh, racist and, um, let's be honest, just violent rhetoric here. But we're going to promote her as well. We're going to reward her. We're going to move her up the food chain because she blatantly calls out white people and says, hey, white people cannot be friends. I always thought the point was we were trying to come closer together as a nation. And this is exactly why we can't come together in our politics. I'll get to that in a second. An Emerson College student who preferred to remain anonymous commented on the issue, I do not agree with everything Turning Point USA stands for, but as a member of the LGBT community, I believe students should have the right to criticize governments to send homosexuals to concentration camps. Attacking people for the color of their skin is not right, and history has shown, repeatedly shown this. Emerson College was asked to comment on this article, but they did not. So, I mean, look, this is racism that's blatantly out in the open. It's on your college campuses. Let's not get confused that it's just Emerson College, okay? This is all over the country. I'm pretty sure this kind of thing is even in a large university, a lot like the University of Texas right here in Texas. Why do I think that? Because Austin has become a liberal shithole, okay? And a lot of that's got to do with that university and the, and the students they've got on campus that has been influenced by liberal professors like McLaren. Okay, now... Um, I've read a couple of different things involving her and the fact that CRT may have actually played a role in her further development into the racist individual that you, you see before you now. Okay. Um, in other words, at some point, she didn't quite feel this way or she wouldn't have ever married a white man. But she did. 
And then something, as she continuously got poisoned by a racist thought process, caused her to look over at her white husband and decided she hated him. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. As somebody that is not only very good friends with many black people, but John Matrix is one of my best friends. I own a very successful multimedia business with this person. I trust John, okay? It's the exact opposite of what this person is telling you that people are capable of. It's lunacy. It's dangerous. I will continue to say, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm automatically pushing kids into college anymore because of things like this. They go to school. They come out with a poisonous mindset. And next thing you know, they're in Antifa burning down the country. Okay, I'm not trying to be uh, hyperbolic in that or get you triggered, but it is what it is. We're, we're seeing this happen, and it's because of this thought process. Crazy. Dangerous. Tell me what you think, Black and White Network fans. Wow. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network fans, we are back with another video and we're going to be talking about CNN because they have a bunch of problems, folks. They have a lot of problems. This has been a horrible week for CNN. You have Juicy Smoulier, uh ratting out Don Lemon, accusing him of tipping him off to the police, not in, not really believing what he actually said about a hate crime. Uh, Chris Cuomo fired by CNN for Finding out dirt, trying to find out dirt, I should say, on his brother's accusers. And now, guys, another domino is falling at CNN. Not a name that you really know, but guys, this is absolutely disgusting. This is really, really bad, folks, because check this out over here on the New York Post. Chris Cuomo, CNN producer, charged with luring girls for sexual training. Oh, my goodness. And we're talking about teenage girls. And this is a scumbag right here. His name is John Griffin. OK, um, it says here, John Griffin allegedly used messaging apps to befriend moms of young girls, telling them that he should be the one to train their daughters. Now, I can't believe that some of these mothers actually allowed this man to do this. But it did happen, folks. So. Let's read this here. A veteran CNN producer who worked shoulder to shoulder with now disgraced ex-anchor Chris Cuomo has been indicted on charges of luring young girls to his Vermont Vermont ski house for sexual subservience training. My goodness. John Griffin of Sanford, uh, Connecticut, allegedly used messaging apps to befriend and persuade mothers of young girls, telling them, quote, a woman is a woman regardless of her age. This man is really, really sick and that he should be the one to train their daughters sexually, according to an indictment from the U.S. attorney of Vermont. Griffin, 44, allegedly got at least one mom of two daughters, two daughters to bring the girl to his uh, Ludlow's ski getaway in June 2020. It was the mom's responsibility to see 
that her older daughter, just 13, was trained properly, Griffin told her, according to the indictment. Griffin, a father himself, sent the woman $3,000 for a plane ticket so they could fly from Nevada to Boston's Logan Airport, where he picked them up in his Tesla for, for the ride to uh, Ludlow, according to court papers. And you can see him right here with Fredo right there. Another picture with him and Fredo. My goodness, this man is disgusting. It was there that the daughter was directed to engage and did engage in unlawful sexual activity. 13 years old, folks. Griffin attempted to entice uh, two other children over the Internet into sexual activity, according to the indictment, which said he favored apps like uh, Kick and Google Hangouts for the alleged misdeeds. In April 2020, Griffin allegedly suggested a virtual training session over a video chat that would include him instructing a mother and a 14 year old daughter to remove their clothing and touch each other. My goodness. Unreal. In June 2020, uh, Griffin told another mom of a 16 year old girl that she take a little mother daughter trip to Griffin's Ludlow ski house for sexual training involving a child. According to the indictment, Griffin was arrested Friday by FBI agents after a federal grand jury in Vermont charged him with three counts of attempting to entice minors to engage in unlawful sexual activity. On his LinkedIn profile, Griffin boasts of having worked shoulder to shoulder with lead anchor Chris Cuomo, seeing him through each show and producing live breaking news across the country and around the world. The they worked together doing uh, Cuomo's five years as co-anchor of CNN's A New Day. Griffin calls himself a father on his Twitter feed and appears to have three young children, worked at CNN for almost nine years. Prior to that, he helped producing uh, positions at ABC News, Fox News and CBS. Griffin des described himself as, quote, entrepreneurial producer who combines uncommon te technical skills with exceptional experience, honed editorial judgment, always with an eye towards how can we do it better? How can we move forward? How can we add value for the audience? The government will seek to take the property using the alleged crimes, including Griffin's Ludlow Ski House, his Tesla, and a Mercedes, according to the indictment. Griffin faces a mandatory minimum of 10 years in jail on each count. So, man, there you have it, guys. This is absolutely disgusting what this man is accused of doing. I mean, this man should really, really be doing life in prison, man. This is some very, very disturbing stuff. And um, on another article I was looking at, CNN actually said that he has now been suspended pending an investigation. And I do believe he will end up getting fired by CNN. But what do you guys think of this? This is very, very disturbing right here. This man is definitely a predator, a pedophile, and he needs to be thrown underneath the jail. This is just unreal, guys. Completely unreal. One of the most disgusting things I have ever, ever read in my life. But what do you guys think of this? Another CNN um, employee falls on the sword. 
And this guy may be just as bad as all of the rest. Man, this is bad. This is just so bad, guys. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. tuning into black and white sports on youtube the no holds barred truth on sports the main event starts now i'm back rogans for black and white sports well we're never one to shy away from a absolutely awful story if we have to bring it to you and this is one of the worst stories we may have ever put on the channel this is awful it involves an ex-nfl player Played for the Redskins. He played for the 49ers. Guy by the name of Kevin Ware. Well, a while back, his girlfriend went missing. And unfortunately, it looks like they may have found her and not in the way you would like to find her. This is from Fox News. Texas search for ex-NFLer Kevin Ware's missing girlfriend leads to the discovery of human remains. Authorities state, a search in Harris County, Texas, for the missing girlfriend of former NFL player Kevin Ware Jr. has led to the discovery of human remains, according to authorities. The girlfriend, Taylor Pomansky, 29, Spring, Texas, has was last seen at a house party. April 25th, Fox 26 of Houston reported. The remains were discovered in northern Harris County by Texas EQ Search. Personnel, County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez said Friday, according to Fox 26, the remains were later confirmed to be human by Harris County Institute of Forensic Services, a report said. There she is. Very pretty girl. According, authorities believe the remains are related to Pomosky's case, but were awaiting positive identification by the County Medical Examiner. Okay, so they don't know absolutely for sure, but they suspect that's where we're going. Arrested in June. There he is. Ware, 41, was arrested in June on a bond violation after failing to appear for supervision earlier in the year, authorities say. The June arrest by the U.S. Marshal Service involved a vehicle chase in which Ware allegedly drove over 115 miles per hour, and was later found to be carrying weapons and drugs. Wow. The former member of the Washington football team and the San Francisco 49ers remained in custody in the Montgomery County Jail and was facing charges of possession with intent to deliver a controlled substance, a first-degree felony, and unlawful possession of a firearm by felony, a third-degree felony, Fox 26 reported. Back in July, Pomansky's father told the station that his daughter and Ware had been dating for nearly a year. Ware is considered a person of interest in Pomansky's disappearance, but has not been charged with connect in connection with the case. According to authorities, authorities ask anyone with information about the case to contact Harris County or Crime Stoppers. So, they don't know for sure that Kevin Ware Jr. is involved in this, but 
I think they're at least pretty suspicious that there may be something sinister involving him and her and what's going on. Nobody knows that for sure. It's all alleged at this point. Uh, but once again, another ex-NFL NFL player, this guy wasn't a star. He was a bit player. Um, I believe he was a tight end uh, for the 49ers and the uh, Redskins. And, yeah, they were still the Redskins back then. And we're talking 2003, 20, 2004 is when this guy was playing in the league. Really just kind of a cup of coffee guy, something in the neighborhood of about 20 games, and then he was out. He's got a laundry list. If if what I was seeing was correct, he's got a laundry list of things he's been in a bind over, okay? Again, we don't know for sure if he's involved in this particular issue, but there's some suspicion there nonetheless. Good God. Ray Rice, Greg Hardy, Zach Stacy, Kevin Ware. What was the other guy? The guy in Seattle. I can't remember the guy's name. More and more trouble, particularly involving girlfriends, violence. God, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, let's talk about the NBA because I believe we're starting to see a little bit of a trend of interactions with NBA players and fans at games. Because yet again, folks, we have another interaction between a fan and an NBA player. And in this case, we're talking about Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets. The NBA has now fined Kevin Durant $25,000 for cursing out a fan that was sitting courtside. Now, we'll give Kevin Durant credit here, folks. Unlike LaChana James, Kevin Durant did not try to get this fan ejected. All Kevin Durant did was just say his piece and the NBA find him. He didn't try to get this fan ejected. Now, we actually do know what the fan said to Kevin Durant because we have it on tape. Uh, when it comes to LaChana James, remember, he actually got two sets of fans ejected. Remember, it was a husband and a wife from earlier last season, I believe in February, and then the incident last month, okay? But let's go ahead, let's dive into this. Nets Kevin Durant fined $25,000 for directing obscene language towards fan versus the Hawks. And I love good old trash talk, you know, between uh, the fans and the players. I do believe this actually has a place in the game. Michael Jordan got heckled quite a bit. Kevin Durant's getting heckled. LeBron James gets heckled. It's a part of the game. Now, some of these fans, you know, they're going to use obscene language towards you. I say just deal with it, man. Just deal with it. If you are a superstar, you're able to overcome that, okay? But this is what happened with uh, Kevin Durant here. The fan, and there's a clip here. You, It's kind of a little bit hard to make it out, but you can make it out. The fan... Screamed at Kevin Durant, says, Durant, stop crying. KD runs down uh, the sideline. It says, 
shut shut your ass up, motherfucker. And I'll play it here. I'll cut it out um, if we do get copyrighted. But this is the clip here. And that was it right there, guys. You know, he didn't try to get anybody kicked out the game, but the NBA says, well, Kevin Durant, that language is a bit too harsh right there. You can't be calling fans mother efforts. But however, LeBron James, when he got uh, the young lady right here and the other man kicked out, he ran to the officials and said, uh, this one right fucking here or something like that or, or along those lines that he said. And he got those fans kicked out. Also, remember this couple here? He got them kicked out too. And they were just doing a lot of trash talking to LeBron James, you know, and uh, he couldn't uh, he couldn't take it. This is uh, Juliana Carlos and her husband, Chris Carlos. I remember that incident from earlier uh, last season, earlier this year, I should actually say, man. But Kevin Durant, man, I'll give him credit where credit is due, you know. As long as he didn't try to get the fan kicked out, I really don't care. I like the trash talking. I really do. If the fans want to come hard at uh, the players, because it seems like the players are just going to come hard at the fans, too. I mean, you had LeBron and uh, Kevin Durant both using F-bombs towards the fans. I say it's fair game. I really do believe it is fair game. But Kevin Durant fined $25,000 for cursing out a fan. But uh, the NBA said... Oh, no, you cannot do that. So we're going to find you 25 grand. I believe that LeBron James, uh, he got fined $15,000 for obscene language. But it really wasn't because of what he actually said towards the fans. I believe it was because he was actually uh, critical of the um, I can't remember if it was the referees or he's critical of the league, something like that along those lines. But he got fined $15,000. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, Kevin Durant, 25 grand lighter. It's just a drop in the bucket for him. This guy's making millions upon millions of dollars per season. He'll be just okay. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Live. Well, we got a couple of things involving Demarius Thomas. That has come in, number one, what the NFL is going to do tomorrow as far as the Broncos go. And uh, also some comments Tim Tebow made. We all know. We all remember the play. In fact, uh, I've got the play right here. It's one of the best moments I think anybody has ever seen in the NFL. Uh, it was awesome when he threw the touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas in the playoff game. And we'll just uh, take a look at it real fast. This was to beat the Steelers. There it was. And Thomas was gone. And I think I broke my leg on my couch when this happened uh, during the game. It was unbelievable. Just a great moment. Uh, 
John Elway, you could have had a little more faith in Tim Tebow after that, but that's neither here nor there. The family has come out, made some comments about what they think may have happened to Demarius. And um, very quickly, you know, I don't know if people realize exactly how great Demarius Thomas really was. Um, 724 catches, 9,763 yards, and 63 touchdowns. Demarius Thomas was a hell of a wide receiver. Um, he was what we would like to refer to as a hall of very damn good. In other words, uh, a couple of more years of consistency out of Demarius Thomas, and there would have started being a hall of fame conversation. Uh, big bodied wide receiver, 6'3", 225, a lot like my, one of my favorite wide receivers, uh, Michael Irvin. Uh, so let's get to what the, what the Broncos plan to do tomorrow. And we'll talk about what we think may have happened as well. Broncos planned moment of silence. will wear number 88 helmet decals for Demarius Thomas. This is PFT. The Broncos will pay tribute to the late Demarius Thomas at Sunday's home game against the Lions. Thomas, who died suddenly this week at the age of 33, will be honored with a moment of silence. A video tribute at the stadium Number 88 decals worn on players' helmets. Broncos coach Vic Fangio said the team was mourning the loss of Thomas, who was a first-round pick of the Broncos in 2010 and played with them through 2018. There's still 10 players on the Broncos team that played with him. A bunch of coaches that coached him, including running back coach Curtis Modkins, who recruited him to Georgia Tech and was one of the college coaches besides being on the staff here in 2018. With him, we have over 40 workers in the organization and the support staff that were around him. Just seeing and feeling their reaction hurt just to tell you what kind of special player DT was. I never had the opportunity to meet him, but him being a special player and special per person is obvious by their responses. Fangio said several people who knew Thomas during his time in Denver spoke during the team meeting on Friday and that the team looks forward to paying tribute to him. And let's get to Tim Tebow, because Tim Tebow had some lengthy words uh, about uh, Demarius Thomas. This is New York Post. Tim Tebow gives emotional tribute after Demarius Thomas' death on ESPN's First Take. Tim Tebow was emotional on Friday's episode of First Take while remembering his friend and former teammate Demarius Thomas, whose death was reported on Thursday night. Quote, I think we all know how gifted DT was on the football field, but that was not his greatest gift. His greatest gift was the joy he brought to life, Tebow said, while fighting back tears. I had the chance to talk with Eric Decker this morning. Man, we remember they had a, a, a real two-headed monster out there in Decker and Thomas for a while. Eric Decker this morning, we were reminiscing on our great times together with DT, and the one thing we kept coming back to was how when he walked into a room, he made the room brighter. Quote, he made the room better, not because of what he did on the football field, but because of his smile, his kindness, because of his joy for life, because of his love for people. I want us to remember him, but I want us to honor him by when we take a chance to go out, live our dreams, and what we do to bring the same joy, love, and kindness for people. That's the way I'm going to remember DT, and that's the way... I think so many of his friends and family will remember him as well 
as someone that loved people, as someone that brought so much joy, as someone that when they walked into a room, it got brighter and better because of DT. We love him and we'll miss him dearly. And this is where we get down to what the family said. Thomas was found dead in Roswell, his Roswell, Georgia home. A cause of death has not been released. On, on Friday, a relative of Thomas said that his family believes he died from a seizure and that it has been suffering from seizure-related symptoms for over a year. Okay, so uh, that's early speculation about what might have caused his untimely demise. Of course, he also played with Peyton Manning and uh, is a Super Bowl champion. So, hell of a career. Everything that's come out, I mean, there's been reaction from all over the NFL, including Tom Brady, of course, Tim Tebow, who... Uh, gave, you know, Demarius Thomas in large part on that slant in that playoff game. I mean, it just, it was strange how everything came together. And it was like the cap on that whole Tim Tebow, um, Tebow mania. Demarius Thomas was very, very much an integral part of Tim Tebow mania uh, because of that famous catch against the Steelers. I mean, it was a walk-off. It was awesome. It was one of the best moments, in my opinion, one of the top 10 moments I've ever seen in the NFL. The the outpouring is unbelievable for Demarius Thomas. And, uh, of course, our thoughts are with his family. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Little peel back the curtain from Tebow. Uh, Wanted to cover his stats. Man, he was a hell of a ball player. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Live fans, we have yet to see Kyrie Irving take the court for the Brooklyn Nets this season. And chances are that we have probably seen the last of Kyrie Irving in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. I don't believe that he will play the entire season. We know his stance when it comes to the jab. In the People's Republic of New York, there is a vaccine mandate. He is not allowed to actually go into Barclays Center to play. Unless he gets the jab, the NBA does not have a jab mandate in place. But since he plays for the Nets in New York, he must get the jab. And on top of that, the Brooklyn Nets have banned him from playing in any game until he gets the jab. I don't like that. I don't like mandates whatsoever. This should be a decision for Kyrie Irving to make for himself. But however, guys, Kyrie Irving does have a supporter. Now, the supporter I'm talking about is former NBA great John Stockton of the Utah Jazz. Hard to believe, man. It's almost been 20 years since John Stockton uh, played in the NBA. He's one of the last few great pure point guards. I mean, he was tremendous, guys. If you young guys have not seen John Stockton play, uh, pull him up on YouTube. He was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I believe that he's actually the all time leader in assists in NBA history. Let's go over here to Outkick 
and jump into this. John Stockton expresses support for Kyrie Irving over vaccination stance. Nets unvaccinated guard Kyrie Irving has a bit supporter in the form of NBA Hall of Famer John Stockton in an appearance on the DNP CD sports podcast. Stockton said he was proud of Irving for sticking up for his beliefs. And as soon as I get this ad out of here, he says, quote, you have a lot of supporters, Kyrie Stockton said, not all of them can get to you and you can't get to all of them, but there's every bit a majority out there that's sitting there pulling for you. They're, they're just not quite as bold as he is. I'm proud of him as an individual to take that kind of individual risk and be that bold for what you feel is right. Irvin, 29, has yet to play this season. New York's uh, vaccine mandate prohibits unvaccinated people from taking part in large indoor gatherings such as NBA games. That makes Irvin ineligible to play in the team's 41 home games at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Irvin, however, is eligible to play in most cities on the road, but Nets owner Joe Tsai remains steadfast he won't play unless something changes. Back in October, Tsai told ESPN that he wasn't sure if Irvin would play for the Nets again. So there you have it, guys. NBA great John Stockton supporting Kyrie Irving. I like this. Man, I miss the 90s basketball. I really, really do. 90s basketball was the best. It really, really was. John Stockton, all-time great point guard, went to two NBA finals. Unfortunately, he ran into Jordan's Bulls and did not win a title. And it's unfortunate, man, because John Stockton definitely deserved to win an NBA title. But here you have it, guys, a former all-time great player supporting Kyrie Irving when his own team will not support him. And I'm wondering, guys, let's say if Kyrie Irving got traded right now. Do you actually think that a team would actually trade for him? I mean, these NBA teams, they definitely seem to want to implement a vaccine mandate. But I believe that Kyrie Irving at this point probably just probably won't actually get traded. We've actually seen the last of Kyrie Irving this whole entire season. And if the mandates stay in place, you know, going into Late into 2022-2023, Irving could actually be out even longer. It wouldn't really surprise me, but what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of John Stockton coming out and supporting Kyrie Irving? Now, I don't know exactly uh, John Stockton's stance on the jab. Maybe he's pro-vaccine, but not pro-mandate. Maybe that's just the way it is, you know? A lot of people out there, they support the jab, but however... They do not support mandates. And that's the way I feel. I'm not against the jab. I don't like the government telling you that you must get a jab if you don't want it. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white live fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Live. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.
Black and white network fans, we are back with another video. And I'm not sure if you guys have actually heard about this story we're going to be talking about in this video. It's a few days old, but man, this really is an eye opener here, folks, because there is a pastor in Indiana that has now been fired. Why was he fired? You may ask. It's because he thought it was a good idea to go out and dress and drag hang around drag, drag queens and perform. And he got fired from his church. I don't know what possessed him to think this was a good idea. Now, ladies and gentlemen, me, myself, growing up in church, churches are very, very conservative. Now, churches definitely shouldn't be liberal. OK, definitely not. If you believe in the word of God, if you believe in the Bible, if you believe in the teaching of Jesus, then you should not be deviating from that, especially, you know, when you're supposed to be a man of the cloth, a pastor preaching the gospel. I mean, think of this, guys. If you go to church on Sundays, OK, and you tell your congrega congregation to not steal, but yet you leave church and you go out and you start stealing. Yeah, you're not going to keep a job, OK, you're not going to keep a job, but let's go ahead. Let's look at this here. Indiana pastor who dressed in drag for an HBO docuseries gets fired because it caused turmoil in church. And now he and his wife will also lose their home. Now, guys, it's not actually their home. OK, the church actually owns that home. It's called a parsonage. OK, so let's read this. An Indiana pastor who. Well, an Indiana pastor has allegedly been dismissed from his church after he dressed up in drag for the HBO docuseries. We're here because it caused too much turmoil in their community. Pastor Craig Duke from Evansville, Indiana, recently appeared in an episode of the eight of the show, which follows top drag queen entertainers, Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka O'Hara and Shangela Laquifa. Laquifa Wiley, I guess that's the way you pronounce it, as they travel to small cities and towns across the country, transforming locals into fierce drag queens. So they're actually out there, folks, trying to change people into drag queens, according to this article here. Pastor Craig dressed up in drag to show his support for the LGBTQ plus community, including his daughter, who is pansexual and said he hoped it would be a bridge for the community and the church. Well, well, Pastor Craig, you went out and completely did the wrong thing here. OK. You don't try to bridge the gap between that community and the church by engaging in acts in that community. You do not do that. Now, you as a pastor, you don't go to. Go to a drag show, start dressing in drag, you know, obviously sinning against the Bible. And expect that to bring people into the church. What you're supposed to do, and I'm no pastor, by the way, but I'm not dumb either. OK. If Jesus was in this situation, he would actually go to the drag show, but he would try to. To convert these people to change their ways. Jesus wouldn't enable these people. And that's essentially what this pastor did. He enabled them. That's why he doesn't have a job.
It says, but according to a GoFundMe page set up on his behalf, United Methodist Church has since relieved him of pastoral duties, and he and his wife will soon have to move out of their home that is owned by the church. And this is him right here, dressed up in drag. Horrific idea. An absolute horrific idea. I can't think of any church that would support this. Not one that I can think of. Okay. Now, him losing his job, that's not a surprise, folks. It's not a surprise. Now, we as human beings are all flawed. But guess what, guys? There's been pastors in churches that have lost their jobs for other reasons, too. You know, like sleeping around with different women in the church. Yeah, there's been pastors that have lost their jobs. And I know one. it happens when you deviate from the teachings of the Bible, especially when you're a pastor, they're going to get you out of there. They are. And the only reason they got fired is because he is supposed to be leading a flock of people. He has this kind of influence here. OK, he's going to be teaching children. This can't be allowed, folks. It can't. So this is what he looks like, you know, during the day. This is him by night, I guess you can say. OK. And it goes on, it says in the episode, drag queen Eureka called Pastor Duke, Pastor Duke, dope and super fire after he dressed up in full drag and performed a dance number. After that, the pastor told Religion News Service that it was, quote, an incredible, wonderful, refreshing, deepening and powerful spiritual experience. This man actually felt good doing this stuff. Wow. Unreal. He added, I was surrounded and immersed in a culture that I've never been immersed in. And one of the things in ministry, if you want to involve people different than yourself in your ministry, you have to go to where people different than you are. The invitation to be a part of the show allowed me that. Okay, but let's say you invited these people to your church. They're supposed to abide by the church rules. You, all you did was just enable these people. That, that's all you did. But while Pastor Craig embraced in inclusivity, it appears that it, his church no longer wanted to embrace him. After the episode aired, he was relieved of his pastoral duties so that he could engage in a process of renewal, reflection and recovery. Unfortunately, Craig's Participation in the show caused so much turmoil in the church that he was serving at the time, and it ultimately led to him being relieved of pastoral duties at that church. The GoFundMe page reads, oh, boy, I can't take this, guys. I really can't. I can't. That has meant that in addition to losing his income, he and his wife, Linda, are also losing their home since which was owned by the church. Quote, Craig will continue with a significantly reduced salary until no later than February 28. Obviously, this poses a major challenge to Craig and his family as they determine their next steps. Pastor Craig considers himself to be a man of faith, a father, a husband, a social justice advocate, an ally of the LGBTQIA plus community. That acronym gets longer and longer through this article here, folks, Craig has a hope and has fought for 
a fully inclusive church that is welcoming to people of all races, all genders and all sexual orientations. Now, here's the thing, folks. The church is for the sinner. OK, everybody is welcome into the church. But the thing is, you actually have to be working towards. Not sinning. That's the thing. All he's doing is enabling. The the drag queens, that's all he was doing, folks. What he was doing was definitely not godly whatsoever. He wasn't actually trying to bridge the gap between uh, the drag queens and the LGBT community and the church. He wasn't. He was just weakening the church's position because he was not teaching what's in the Bible. He was not doing it at all, guys. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of Pastor Craig Duke being being basically fired from his position, even though it kind of seems like, you know, there's kind of an opening for him to come back. They reduce his salary. He's still in his home. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a gray area right there. It really is. But if he's going to take this route here, he's definitely going to be gone permanently. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. Wow. Crazy, crazy story, guys. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you next time. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, we're going to be talking about Team USA basketball, talking about the men in this video. Now, this past summer, the Olympics were going on in Tokyo and Team USA. They played in those Olympics and boy, it was very, very unimpressive. Yes, they won the gold medal, but they had some bumps along the way. They lost a couple of exhibition games. One of them was to Nigeria. It was embarrassing. And who was the coach of that team? That would be one Greg Popovich, a.k.a. Greg Wokovich. It was embarrassing, folks. And you know what? Nobody even cared about this team because of the stunts that were pulled by the NBA in that NBA bubble. When they decided to embrace Marxism, be pro-China, a lot of people were out. Nobody cared about this team. Nobody cared that they actually won the gold medal because honestly, folks, this was really team anti-USA, anti-USA. It's, it's clear as day, folks. These NBA players do not care about this country. They want to turn this country into some type of a, a socialist utopia out there. I mean, the Marxismia China actually has some equity program or something like that, which is, which is basically, you know what? Everybody gets something for nothing. And we know that is not the way the real world works. And everything has to be on racial lines. The NBA sides with what? Criminals. I mean, they demonized Kyle Rittenhouse. They put out a statement, you know, basically celebrating the criminals in that whole ordeal. People are out on the NBA. And Greg Popovich was one of the wokest coaches out there in the Marches NBA at China. But however, folks, Greg Wokovich is getting replaced. And this coach we're going to be talking about here is just as bad as him. So we're going to be diving into that. 
in this video, guys. But first, we will have a member live stream that will start today at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Members on the website, members to the Black and White um, uh, Sports channel here can join in on the live stream. Silver members do get to be on the panel. You can pick up a membership. There's still time. We're going to go live here roughly in like an hour and 20 minutes at the time of this recording here. So let's go ahead. Let's dive into this, guys. Golden State Warriors coach Steve Kerr to be the Nets men's national team coach for USA basketball. Oh, boy. Here we go. Steve Kerr, a three time NBA championship coach with the Golden State Warriors, has been selected as the Nets coach for Team Anti-USA. Sources told ESPN. Kerr will replace Greg Wokovich and lead a reshaped USA uh, coaching staff into the 2023 World Cup and 2024 Paris Olympics. Kerr's coaching staff will include Phoenix Suns coach Monty Williams, Miami Heat coach Eric Spolstra, and Gonzaga coach Mark Few, sources say. A formal announcement is expected soon, sources said. Kerr declined to comment Friday. Warrior star Stephen Curry said Friday that he was excited about Kerr leading Team USA. Quote, he talked about just he couldn't imagine when he got into coaching in 14 that he had the success we've had. And he had the opportunity to leverage that into the Nets USA men's basketball coach, anti-USA, which is pretty awesome. Curry said, I know it will probably flex a different muscle for him in terms of it's almost like borderline. You got to you got you got to go recruit some guys. You got to be the morale booster. You got to put in a system. But it's about the culture that you create around that team because you're not together all the time. And how quickly can you guys gel? So that will be fun to watch. So what do you guys think of Steve Kerr? We need to think of a new name for this guy, man, because he is just as bad as Greg Wokovich. I mean, Steve Kerr makes everything political, just like uh, Greg Wokovich. You know, both of these guys are cre pretty crazy um, leftists. And they, they're really, really divisive when it comes to politics because they mix politics into sports. Steve Kerr, man, yeah, he won three rings, but so what? Team USA should be about being patriotic to your country. And Steve Kerr definitely is not. He wants to turn the United States into some socialist utopia like Greg Wokovich. I mean, Steve Kerr is a hardcore leftist. I don't have any respect for the guy. And I believe that anybody that's going to represent Team USA should be pro-American, pro-freedom, pro-freedom of speech. But we know how the left is. They don't like any of that. This is disgusting. I'm not going to cheer for Team USA. I mean, they're not going to get their act together. I meant to say Team Anti-USA because they're not pro-USA folks. This is not, you know, the days of patriotism because these players, these coaches, you know, show any type of patriotism. It goes against their BLM narrative and their China narrative. The Marxism of China 
Team Anti-USA, pro-China. Kind of funny, you know, that none of these guys have spoken out on the Beijing Olympics whatsoever. They're not calling for a boycott because if they do, they're going to upset their Chinese masters. Same thing with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is always spewing out this uh, social justice garbage, but he is also silent on China. Greg Wokovich, silent on China. I haven't heard Steph Curry say anything about China. Nobody has except, you know, for in his cancer freedom. That's pretty much it. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, team anti-USA pits Steve Kerr to be the Nets head coach of team anti-USA. Not good. I don't care about this team. I don't care if they win a gold, silver or bronze. I'm not watching these anti-American fools represent this country. All they're going to do is just embarrass us. They'll continue to embarrass this country in the NBA, the Marxist NBA of China. Once they sever all these ties, once some of these players just go away, there needs to be a whole revamping of the NBA to get people like me to come back. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriance for Black and White Sports. Well, if there was a Mount Rushmore... Of the most woke in sports, LaChina James would be on there, Colin Kaepernick would be on there, and most definitely, Megan Rapino. We sat back every time she's in the World Cup or the Olympics. She goes out there, she decides to disrespect our country, even though she's supposed to be representing it, by kneeling for the national anthem, protesting all these BS false social justice narratives, and of course... Out there shilling and spreading the leftist message. Well, it seems that there may be a little poetic justice, a little karma coming back around to her. Because the soccer team that she plays for here in the U.S., the professional soccer team, their league is having an expansion draft. And it just so happens that the team she plays for decided she wasn't worth protecting. You see, she's been so caught up in her political BS that I guess she forgot to be a good soccer player because they said, hmm, if you're taking in the expansion draft, we're just fine with that. They did not protect Megan Rapino. U.S. Women's National Team's Megan Rapino among unprotected stars in the NWS. L expansion draft. United States women's soccer team stars Megan Rapino, Becky Soderbrum, Christy Mewis are among those who have been left unprotected by their teams and are available to be taken in next week's National Women's Soccer League expansion draft. The draft, scheduled for December 16th, will allow expansion teams Angel City FC and San Diego Wave FC to select up to nine players each from existing teams in the 
NWSL. Teams were allowed to protect up to nine players on their rosters, leaving the rest of their players on their rosters available to be chosen. In addition to unprotected lists, including Rapino, O.L. Rain, Sauterbrum, Portland Thorns, and Mewis Houston Dash. I'm in Texas. I've never even heard of that team. Other U.S. national team players left unprotected include Kelly O'Hara, Andy Sullivan, and Emily Sonnet of the Washington Spirit, but due to pre-draft deals, they're not expected to be selected. Canadian all-time leading scorer Christy Sinclair, Portland Thorns, is also unprotected. Four NWSL teams earned full immunity in the expansion draft through a series of trades before last week's roster freeze. Chicago Red Stars, Kansas City Current. Kansas City Current? That's an awful name. New Jersey, New York, Gotham, and the North Carolina Courage. Due to pre-draft trades, Angel City can't select any of O.L. Reigns forwards, including Rapino, but San Diego can. Rosters don't unfreeze until after the expansion draft on December 17th. But in years past, teams are often engaged in handshake agreements and negotiate deals before they can finalize in order to protect players. So, a little, a little karma, a little poetic justice that the O.L. Reign has decided you can have Megan Rapino. We're good. We're good. She can be selected onto an expansion team, and we know how expansion teams go. Jacksonville Jaguars, back in the day, Carolina Panthers, uh, new teams that come in. Remember the Florida Marlins when they first came in? Generally speaking, expansion teams are awful. They're absolutely awful. Now, believe it or not, Carolina and Jacksonville actually got their crap together pretty quick in the NFL. But, generally speaking, no, it's terrible. It's like being regulated to the bottom of the barrel. This is funny as hell, in my opinion. I take great pride in bringing this to you, knowing Megan Rapinoe's team said, nah, we're good. We're good. Maybe next time you respect our country, stand up for the anthem, concentrate more on soccer, and maybe whatever team you play for would actually stand up and protect you so you can stay on their team. They didn't want you. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about Ennis Freedom of the Boston Celtics yet again. We have mentioned many, many times that he is on a rampage to call out the hypocrisy of the Marxist NBA China, LeBron James, Nike, and others that remains silent on human rights violations in China. However, guys, Ennis Cantor seems to be on a crusade all alone. Or is there a little bit more to this than what we are led to believe? Because Ennis Cantor Freedom actually said something that kind of surprised me a bit. It did surprise me a little bit. And 
it probably really should have not surprised me. Now, we do call out the NBA. We do call out these NBA players. However, not every single NBA player thinks the same. They all don't. Okay. now we know that the NBA is a majority black player league. It's been like that for many, many decades, and it'll continue to be like that, I believe, uh, going forward. But when it comes to Ennis Cantor Freedom calling out LeBron James, it seems like he's actually doing the bidding of what some of the black NBA players want. Check this out, guys. Over here on Lakers Daily, Ennis Cantor Freedom says, quote, many of the black athletes are telling him to call out LaChana James and Michael Jordan. Now, this is very, very interesting here, guys. So let's go ahead. Let's read this. Boston Celtics big man in his cancer freedom and Los Angeles Lakers superstar LeBron James have made a lot of waves recently. Freedom has made it clear that he thinks of James that what he thinks of James, I should say, as it pertains to the 17 time all star ties to China through Nike. James has stated that he doesn't believe freedom is worth his energy. Now, the only reason I believe that LaChina James is saying that is because if he actually gets into a back and forth with Ennis, LeBron James will come out on the losing end because LeBron James has to know about the atrocities that are being committed over there. He has to know that Nike is using cotton from slave labor. He cannot win that argument whatsoever. That is why I believe that LeBron is telling uh, Ennis saying, I should say, that Ennis is not worth his energy. That is the reason why LeBron James knows that is a losing argument. But it goes on. It says in a recent development, Freedom revealed that many of the black athletes in the league are telling him to call out the hypocrisies of James and Michael Jordan. Quote, whenever I talk about it was never about black or white athletes or red or purple athletes, Freedom said. It was never about a color. I even had a conversation with many of my teammates. And a thing people don't understand is that many of the black athletes in the league are telling me to call out these people and those people. Not many people know that. They are the ones telling me to call out the hypocrisies of LeBron James and the hypocrisies of Michael Jordan. But they are the ones actually sending me talking points about you can't say this. You can't say that. Close quote. This is interesting right here, folks, because in his cancer freedom, according to him anyway, is saying that he is just doing the bidding of other NBA players, namely black athletes on his own team. They're the ones out there saying, man, you're on this uh, crusade here. Call out LeBron James, call out Michael Jordan. And the reason why we're really, really focusing on LeBron James is because he wants to be the social justice warrior here. Now, Michael Jordan, he's never really been the one to pit sides when it comes to this social justice stuff. When he was a player, you know, his old saying was "Hey, Republicans buy sneakers, too. He didn't want to get into politics. Now, LaChina James does want to get into politics, but. He needs to be in a safe space to actually feel comfortable. That's why he won't get into a back and forth with Ennis Cantor Freedom. 
because he will lose that argument. No doubt about it. Now, in his cancer freedom, he has been calling out China a whole lot. But folks, he has turned his interest now to the communist regime in Venezuela. Now, this actually came out. This tweet came out on December 7th. It's December 11th now. I didn't know about this here. But I was actually watching a YouTube video and he was on with Fox News and they brought up that he was um going after the uh, communist regime in Venezuela. But he tweeted this out. I'm here to raise the voices of millions against a dictatorship that made six million plus people flee Venezuela. Six million plus people who are now looking for a chance to survive outside their country and dreaming of returning home to hug their loved ones. We need to help. Hashtag save Venezuela. And you can see here, guys, he made some shoes similar to the ones, you know, of uh, Free Tibet. This one here says uh, save democracy, save uh, Venezuela. Um, I believe that says a uh, dictator right there. One that says uh, migrants right there. But once again, no NBA player is going to help him. And I believe, you know, some of these NBA players are probably just. They don't have much of a big name. And Ennis has definitely made himself out to be a uh, a real champion for social justice. You know, he actually says that he uh, supports um, the BLM movement, but he's not being a hypocrite. He's going after every single regime that has a lot of human rights violations. And that includes Venezuela as well as China. Now, when it comes to the Marxist NBA China, it is about calling out the United States for a bunch of stuff. You know, they just make up lies. You know, they are pro criminal and that's what the NBA is. When it comes to China, when they're committing mass atrocities, they say nothing. Only in its cancer freedom is consistent. And apparently, you know, other NBA players look at him and say, you know what? Call out LaChina James, call out Michael Jordan. These people are hypocrites. And in his cancer freedom, he's basically saying he is doing the work of certain NBA players. We didn't get any names, of course, but he did mention his teammates. Not every NBA player thinks the same, but the power in the NBA lies with players like LaChina James, the biggest name in the game. And of course, you know, Adam Silver, another puppet of Nike and of communist China. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about LeVar Ball, the father of the Ball Boys. I guess you can call him that. All three of his sons actually made it to the NBA, so I'll actually give him credit for that. But LeVar Ball, man, he is a mouth. This man loves to talk and he loves to trash a lot of people on the way. 
I believe he says a lot of things really for shock value. So that's not really a surprise to me. However, his son, LaMelo, plays for the Charlotte Hornets. And who owns the Charlotte Hornets? That would be the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has owned the Hornets for a very, very long time. They were actually the Bobcats. I really hated that name. Glad they went back to the Hornets. It sounds much, much better. However, LeVar Ball has never been one to hold back words. Not even when it comes to the GOAT Michael Jordan. Ladies and gentlemen, he was asked a simple question on if his son LaMelo would ever seek advice from Michael Jordan or has he seeked advice from Michael Jordan? And boy, LaVar pretty much trashed Michael Jordan comparing him to expired milk. I'm not making this up, guys. Check this out. LaVar Ball rips Michael Jordan after being asked if LaMelo would seek advice from NBA icon. Ladies and gentlemen, if I am a young NBA player and if there's one player I have access to all the time because he owns the team and he happens to be the greatest player of all time. Yeah, I would actually seek advice from him. But LeVar Ball needs to disrespect Michael Jordan. The question was, would rising Charlotte Hornet star LaMelo Ball ever seek advice from Michael Jordan? Check out what LeVar said. He said, never, says Ball, Ball's father, LeVar Ball. And it goes on down here in an audio clip shared by Hoopsview. LeVar Ball said, what advice is he going to give him? I mean, did he really ask that question? Really? But let's move on. He then continues on. Do you ever have milk in your refrigerator? LeVar Ball asks. When the damn thing expires, I hope you throw it away. When was the last time Jordan won a championship? Oh, my goodness. This is the ultimate disrespect to Michael Jordan. Now, my question is, LeVar, when's the last time LaMelo won a championship? That would be never, never, especially on the NBA level. As far as I know, maybe he won something in high school. I'm not really sure. But this is the NBA. LaMelo Ball has won nothing. Michael Jordan sits NBA championships, sits finals MVPs, five regular season MVPs. And you compare him to expired milk? Really? Now, if we're talking about, you know, getting advice from Michael Jordan when it comes to being a general manager or running an NBA franchise, I get it. You don't want to ask Michael Jordan at all on that. But when it comes to NBA games and actually being a great player, he should be the first one you go to for advice. He really should. I mean, the great Kobe Bryant used to harass Michael Jordan trying to pick his brain. And he was on the Lakers. He didn't have access to Michael Jordan all the time. Your son has access to Michael Jordan all the time. But you say he don't need the advice of Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan hasn't won a championship in a while. Newsflash, he's not even a player anymore. Michael Jordan, I believe, retired in what, 2002? 
if I'm not mistaken. But the man has six rings. He knows how to win. LeVar Ball has to be. He has to be trolling here because I just cannot imagine LaMelo not wanting to ask Michael Jordan for advice on the basketball court. He's not asking him about owning a team or, you know, drafting players or anything like that because Michael Jordan's not very good at that. Okay, he's not. But check this out. LeVar Ball also said this, quote, the Charlotte Hornets. Been around a long time before my son got there, Ball said. Give advice to some of them other guys so you can win. Don't wait to tell my boy. Whoa. Whoa. So your son doesn't need any advice on winning, but his teammates need advice on winning. Really? I mean, are we really, really going there? LeVar Ball, man. This guy, this guy's hilarious. He, He cannot be serious, folks. He really, really cannot be serious. And we know the mindset of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan can make LaMelo Ball's life in Charlotte a living hell. I mean, Michael Jordan doesn't take kindly to people criticizing his basketball game. Who was that NBA player that said he can take Michael Jordan? And I believe that Michael Jordan had retired and then Michael Jordan He got pissed off. He said, everybody out. And Michael Jordan just crushed this kid. And his NBA career was never the same. If you guys remember that NBA player, let us know that in the comment below. I cannot think of the name off the top of my head. Now, Michael Jordan is a bit older now. He's uh, 58. So I doubt if he's going to get on the basketball court. But we all know the competitive fire that Michael Jordan has if he wanted to. He can really, really make it difficult for LaMelo Ball. LaVar Ball, man, come on. Have a little bit more respect. LaMelo is not going to win a championship at all unless he improves. What better person asks on a way to improve your game than Michael Jordan? That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. LaVar Ball disrespecting Michael Jordan when it comes to basketball advice, basketball advice on the court, not running a franchise basketball advice. He says his son doesn't need any advice about winning from Michael Jordan. Really? Anyway, guys, let us know stick about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to black and white sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.